This episode of Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by Audible. The energy and the, 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 the positivity towards like the NWA and towards the show and stuff was just unbelievable. Billy's and, and, and Dave's vision, to me, so far, has been very, very, very good. As much as it's a throwback, it's really just, it's a format that works. And it's, honestly, it's the same format as every other wrestling show. It's just the environment is so different. They have been giving opportunities to people like me that haven't had an opportunity the way that we are here. It's a little bit old with the new. It's the most historic, longest-running organization around. Man, I, I feel like we're setting things on fire at this point. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another edition of Primetime with Sean Mooney. Uh, if you're tuning into this episode right after what happened on the latest episode of NWA Power, because, you know, when uh, we have someone on from the NWA roster, we release Primetime on Tuesday night right after the streaming of NWA Power on YouTube. And if you are tuning in early, then most likely you witnessed uh, the escalation, I think that's one way to put it, of what has become one of the most uh, talked about title defenses in professional wrestling right now. As you saw, Marty Skrull and the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis, uh, man, uh, and their associates end up in an all-out brawl. And folks, you know, I was there and I could tell you it was absolute mayhem. Mayhem, that's a good word. Uh, and coming up, we're going to get to a conversation I recently had with Nick Aldis, and we will get to that in just a couple of minutes. But uh, we are coming off a great episode with Thunder Rosa, and uh, I really, I really enjoyed uh, talking uh, with her because uh, she is, uh, you know, one way to put it, she's just a badass, right? She is just a badass. Uh, not only is she the NWA Women's World Champion and a skilled MMA fighter, but uh, she's also a great person, and I think you uh, were able to tell that she is uh, just from our conversation, and she really has worked her ass off uh, to get educated, uh, to improve her life for her and her family, and for all she has accomplished so far, because there is a lot ahead uh, for her. And, um, you know, she's also a very inspirational person, and I, 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 mean, I say that uh, not only uh, you know, for uh, women to be inspired by it, but anybody, anybody who's determined to succeed. So I really want to thank uh, uh, Thunder Rosa for coming on and uh, really, really enjoyed that conversation. A lot going on with, uh, as we roll along with all things PTSM, Primetime with Sean Mooney, with our original episodes like this one that uh, we drop every Wednesday, but also uh, our watch-alongs that we have uh, every, every Monday. We just had one this Monday. I believe it was an episode of Superstars. Isn't that fun looking back at all that we were doing back then and uh, what the WWF uh, was, uh, was doing, uh, that great promotional episode that they would have every week with uh, you know, Superstars and, and Wrestling Challenge. But uh, those are a lot of fun every Monday. And then, of course, we have our Vault episodes every Saturday morning because all episodes uh, drop at 6 a.m. Eastern Time unless it's a special episode like this one where we have uh, someone from the NWA roster come on. And so what we do is we drop those episodes early at uh, 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time, right after uh, NWA Power or uh, whatever the episode happens to be. Like last week, we had the debut of uh, Circle Squared, 
And I'd love to hear your feedback on that. Uh, I've got, I got a lot of people, uh, you know, sending me messages through uh, Twitter and Instagram and emailing me. And I was uh, really, I, I was very encouraged by it. I think that uh, it's, it's a great concept. It's something new as Billy Corgan and Dave Lagana, you know, continue to, you know, push that envelope and, and try new things out there, taking professional wrestling to places where it, it really hasn't been before. And they are leading the way on, uh, you know, social platforms and there's a lot ahead. You know, you got to stay tuned for all of that. Uh, folks, be sure and follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Primetime Mooney. It's very easy to remember at Primetime Mooney. You can also email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com, primetimemooney at gmail.com. I uh, check that account pretty much every single day, and I will answer your emails. And uh, we have a YouTube channel, Primetime Mooney, the YouTube uh, channel, Primetime Mooney, and we keep putting up uh, lots of great new content on there, a lot of things maybe you hadn't seen before. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. And if, you, if your platform for downloading this podcast is uh, iTunes, uh, please go there and uh, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. And a review as well. It helps a great deal. Uh, it helps us, you know, as far as uh, getting the word out and also helps us uh, with sponsors, which uh, keep the program going. And I am very uh, glad to welcome new sponsor to the podcast this week, Audible. I uh, love those folks. And um, I'll tell you, it's... Uh, it's uh, really, you know, I'm a, a voracious reader. I, I read a lot. And I don't always have time to, you know, sit there and, and sit down either on uh, my tablet or my, you know, to read and actually turn the pages. And I'll tell you what, uh, Audible is a great alternative to allow me to, uh, you know, get all that information that I crave. And I'll be telling you all about that right here on Primetime with Audible. All righty, as I mentioned earlier, uh, things are definitely heating up in the NWA, so I thought this would be a great time to roll out a recent conversation that I had with the NWA's uh, world's heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, as we uh, covered a range of topics. So what do you say? Let's get to it. Ding, ding, ding. Folks, I am uh, really happy once again to uh, welcome back Nick Aldis, who is the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, as he uh, joins us once again. And uh, Nick, a lot going on with you right now, and I want to thank you for uh, taking time out uh, to talk with us and, and all the excitement that's going on with this, uh, uh, this new movement that's just kind of sweeping the nation and the world right now with NWA. How are you, my friend? I'm good. As you can probably hear, my son is... Uh decided to <laughs> decided to do a run in like he often does when I yeah. do these um, podcasts but now I we've, we've got a real good look behind the curtain the the big tough Nick Aldis is a softy when it comes to his his son <laughs> uh, he's he has a knack I'd say he was with me at the big event too because um, oh. Mickey was at Mickey had a concert up in Niagara Falls and we had been in the UK and we'd been in England visiting family and Mickey had been there for, for a WWE live event. So it was, so we had been over there together and then she'd gone back to go do that and then go do a concert. So he'd come with me yeah. and um, it just, you know, that's the way it worked out. He had to come with me to the big event and, but you know, and, and the promoters were, they were, they were very accommodating. They were really cool. And they were, you know, but I, I could tell that they were a bit nervous, you know, like, Oh, yeah. you know, is he going to be okay? What's, what's like, he going to get into? 
<laughs> yeah, but they did, they didn't realize that he's he's done this before. So he just he just chilled out. He was chilling out with uh, Afa and Seeker, the Wild Samoans, actually. <laughs> so it's yeah. funny. He was just sitting there like playing with his trains and playing with his tablet, just like saying hi to fans and stuff. So yeah, no, it's um that's yeah. I mean, uh, the one thing about him is that if he ever decides he wants to get into the business, he's he's very well exposed to it. I don't think he's ever going to have any um any issues with the sort of with being enamored by it. he's going to he's going to have a very good handle on it by the time he gets there if he ever wants to yeah and you know what's really funny about that is is uh, you know you talk to uh, like members of the Hart family and they talk about how you know the mansion up there uh, was just chaos every day it was a circus yeah. they had people rolling in and animals down in the basement and uh, all all these legends coming by and to them, that was normal life. But can you right. imagine, you know, you're in school and you're telling people what was going on and who we had midgets over last night and a bear was yeah. out of the basement. But, you know, this uh, with kids uh, of, of, uh, of uh, wrestlers, it's, it's just normal life for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, I, you know, I did not grow up, uh, you know, in anything closely resembling that, you know, so yeah. it's, so it's interesting now that, I've I've met and worked with a, a number of guys who are second generation or third generation or whatever, and you know, and it's always I'm always very interested to hear about that. And now you know Donovan will be one of those guys if he ever decides to get into it, which of course we're not, you know, way 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 too far off for us to even be considering at this point. He's just uh, he's a five year old, <laughs> so it's like, but yeah, no, he's yeah. he's been around enough, and and um, he was with us in Atlanta, and and um, Dave and Billy were great. They they had they had a the, the facilities there are so great. Um, you know, I know really? that I know it's a studio, you know, so it's kind of so some people might look at it as sort of, oh, it's a pokey. You know, but man, that I've never, you know, working for Impact at Universal and always, I've never been been we never worked somewhere for, for a television thing where the facilities were that great. Like we had the whole floor of that place and, you know, loads of rooms, tons of facilities, you know, in fact, they're really, really state of the art. And so we, we you know, he had a room set up where he could, you know, chill and have his toys and play and everything. He just, he had a blast. He was jumping all over the ring. We've got a load of footage of it where he's terrorizing a bunch of the guys in the ring and stuff like that. So, yeah, very cool. Uh, you know, and I was going to get into this a little later in the conversation, but since we were talking about it, uh, how do you how do you balance it all? I mean, uh, you know, you've got Mickey, who's uh, also a part of this business, and, and you as well, and then you have a child, and you guys, your schedules must be just crazy. So how, how do you guys balance it all? We just, you know, we, we make it work. I mean, it's just, you know, it isn't easy. Um, but, you know, it, the way I always equate it is like, it, it, until he, once he's, like he, like he did pre-K last year and uh, he's doing some, but he's, he's, one of, he's like a September birthday. So he's one of those kids who falls into that, bracket where he can go you know he could either be the oldest in his class or the youngest so right. we opted to we'd rather him be the oldest in his class and start kindergarten next year so this year he's almost kind of having like a gap year but obviously he's 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 still you know we're, we're essentially kind of homeschooling him you know in this year before he before he goes to kindergarten fully and go you know and then just and then he's in education right like so um we're just we're sort of taking this year to sort of enrich him with with his life as far as like traveling with us stuff. So we're almost deliberately trying to have him be with us for as much of this stuff as possible so that he can take it in, you know, and 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 get that 
get that experience from it and like traveling and just meeting different people we've just seen such a such a positive development in him as far as how he's how he reacts to things and how he's matured and stuff so and i just to me i i think of that as quite valuable really as you know compared to you know he, he's yeah. going to go to school and Absolutely. he's going to be in school for years you know but but the idea of being able now to be going to all these different environments and meeting all these different people and seeing these processes it will you know to me like when i first wanted to get into entertainment and i'm sure mickey would say the same you know sometimes it seemed like such a far away thing you know it seemed like such a far off idea but you know he will be blessed where to him he won't he won't ever feel that way right. so you know and so so i think for us like that's uh that's a valuable sort of part of his life that we've been able to enrich with this with this year where he's kind of with one of us at, at most of the time you know either you know accompanying us or or just sort of being around the, that that world yeah and that and, and uh boy don't even get me started on on, on how education works today but uh, what's awesome about it is that right now, you know, the world's his classroom. I mean, that you're able to take of these places, yeah. not only just being with you guys, but the fact that, uh, you know, he's going to be a kid that goes into first grade or wherever who's probably seen uh, a lifetime of, <laughs> of, of experiences that kids won't yeah. ever even get the chance to experience. And I think that that should be a part of a kid's life if you can do it. Uh, I know things will change once he gets into regular school and you guys uh, will have to balance it then. But are you going to be, I don't even know if you could do it, but you'll see like actors will, you know, they have this event going on. And so that person will stay home during that time. I know that uh, Edge does this, um, you know, right. in his his life. But uh, is that, you guys going to try and plan it that way? Or are you just going to always yeah, have somebody there that, uh, that, that how are you going to? That's pretty much how we, we do it. We, we sit down and, and we get our schedules and we kind of look ahead over the next sort of six to eight weeks or maybe maybe the next two or three months and then sort of go, okay, so I'm here and you're there and then we'll be here and then we'll be here together. And then, you know, and like, so maybe he can come with me to this and he can go with you to that. And then here he can be at home and or he can be there and someone can be with him, you know, like, yeah, pretty much how you, you know, and, and, and then we also have, you know, the support system of Mickey's family or, you know, and then and then a few people you know around that we trust and yeah and, and and we've always been able to make it work that way so it's um I, you know he he spends fortunately I mean, mickey's been injured you know and so she's yeah. been she's been fortunately in in or at least the the one uh positive from that is that she's she's been home more and and my schedule with the nwa um you know uh, despite being the traveling world champion and and uh, obviously with the, the, the stuff, but see, we, since we've had the show power, um, I, I kind of came off the road quite a lot while we were in preparation for that because I was so heavily involved in the, in the planning of that as well. So, um, like I said, you know, I'm at a place in Nashville right now and, you know, we had that place so that, you know, Dave and I could be around, um, you know, on a sort of fairly regular basis. And so he, so actually he's not, he, he's not deprived, you know, he's, he's, he yeah. gets, he yeah. gets to be with his parents a lot more than kids whose parents yeah. work regular jobs, you know, cause, yeah. cause the, the, those parents, you know, that they stick them in daycare, they go to work and then, you know, they, they finish work at five o'clock and pick them up and bring them home and they see him for a few hours a day, really. But like with me, like if he's, if he's not with us, he's not with us, but when he's with us, he's with us all day. 
So yeah, oh, that's awesome. Really, and, and and with that, and uh, and folks, uh, you've had uh, an incredible ride just so far, and uh, you've worked for a number of organizations uh, from Pro Wrestling Noah to Global Force Wrestling, TNA, of course. But uh, it's the NWA really that uh, your loyalty lies and has. Uh, and folks, if you want to hear the whole story, which is a, a tremendous story of uh, of Nick. Uh, Tune into that first episode of Primetime with Sean Mooney. It's it's really a lot of uh, a lot of fun and and a great episode if you want to learn about the real uh, path that he took early on. But I want to get right into it with with NWA and and we had we've had a conversation before about how much we love kind of the old school and the and the uh, you know the classic uh, wrestling and, and the golden age and the and the throwback to old school. And I your your uh, handprints are all over what they're doing now. And and tell me. First of all, uh, why the loyalty to NWA and then how that relationship really started and then flourished? Um, well, I know you're, a, you know, you're, you, you've had uh, you've had experience in, in the entertainment world outside of wrestling. And one of the things you hear a lot in Hollywood or, in, you know, or in New York or places like that is, is a vehicle. You know, you need a vehicle. Yeah. And right. I think the same is true in wrestling, especially now with the sort of varying promotions you have and the and the sort of different styles and the and the multitude of talents that are out there is, you know, something I had never really thought about before, you know, because my goal was just get a big contract or go to WWE, get, get on TV, you know. But, but yeah. as you, you know, as you develop who you are as a performer, you start to realize, like, you need the right vehicle. Um, you know, we see it more and more with, with talents who seemingly have what they wanted all, all along, which was a WWE contract. And then they ask to leave, you know, and it's not a knock on WWE. It's just, they, it's not the right vehicle for them. Um, I looked at the, the landscape, you know, the way wrestling was going, noticed that there was a certain trend that was quite prevalent in most of the industry, as far as most of the industry was was doubling down on the high impact, high velocity, mm. uh, you know, highly athletic uh, style that that perhaps was less geared towards storytelling and you know emotional investment and more towards spectacle and um, sort of ultra athleticism, stunt kind yeah, of stuff. Right. And 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 again, not not a knock. Uh, right. Just, I just, you know, I mean, to me, that's a portion of the industry, um, and it's not a portion that is my forte. Um, and when I saw how most of the industry was sort of heading that way, uh, you know, I I started to feel a bit disenchanted. And then when when Billy and Dave contacted me a couple of years ago about the NWA, they described to me what they had in mind and it just you know our our goals and our cultures and our our philosophies aligned and then yeah. i've just been you know we we've had a, a a very balanced relationship you know in the sense that i, I like like cornet once said this on, on one of one of my big matches i forget which one it was but he sort of said the nwa has made all this and all this has made the nwa mm-hmm. you know and and I understand that, you know, and we we all we we all understand that, like you know, um, there's very there, you know, there's never been any kind of, you know, the, the, there's there's never been any um, 
dispute over sort of who did what for who here, right? Like uh-huh. sometimes it can be a little, sometimes in wrestling, it could, you know, people, promoters can be a little short-sighted and suddenly when, when it suits them, they're like, I did all this for you. You know, I put you on our show and I gave you this opportunity. I gave you this platform. I gave you this, I gave you that, you know, and, you know, not, not like, sort of not remembering that, yes, I gave you my body. You know, and and I gave him my work and my intellectual property and my talent, you know. And so it's like, this is the first time I've ever had that sort of very symbiotic sort of existence where we're we're a team, man. Like, we are just like, you you, you really, we we really feel like we're all doing this together. I feel like this is my company. You know, it it doesn't belong to me. (laughs) It belongs to Billy. But, But, you know... I'm I'm part of it like this you know it's and 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 um yeah you know it's uh it's certainly my body of work as far as I'm concerned you know this is this is absolutely up to this point is the defining period of my career yeah and when you guys started uh, putting this machine together uh, what was those first discussions like saying this is what we want it to look like this is what we the, the element we want to bring in when you know ultimately, I don't know if they initially came in that hey, let's let's bring back studio wrestling, or or did it start a different way? Like I said, you said okay, this is what we want it to look like, and then hey, why don't we do it like this? Um, so it's, I'll try. I'll answer that in two different ways. So the, the the studio part was that was I know that was something that Billy and Dave had had wanted for a long time, like oh. they they had. Um, Billy had, you know, grown up watching Georgia Championship Wrestling, and mm. he he and Dave both had wanted very early on. You know, they had always talked about wanting to do that. It was not, it wasn't something that I had, you know, thought about. Um, but I always enjoyed, you know, I love so like yeah. my, I love the, you know, you you know this from our conversation before, but I love stickman interviews. You know, so obviously, like the. Crockett era and uh, NWA, Mid Atlantic, you know Georgia Championship Wrestling, and then the the late eighties, early nineties, WWF was sort of my is still my favorite stuff to watch as far as the actual TVs because I love stickman interviews. I to me I think that's the that's really the essence of a wrestling interview rather than a guy walking down a ramp into a ring in front of a load of people and speaking into a microphone. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a speech, like that's addressing people, but interviews is different. Like that's their two different things, you know, real promos, real interviews. Um, and to me, I've just always, I've always done better with, with a person to bounce off with a stick man. You know, um, when I was in TNA, I would often ask, Hey, can I do this with JB? Can I get, you know, Jeremy Borash? Like, can I, can I do my promo with JB instead of just doing it for no reason? In a, especially if it wasn't, yeah especially if it wasn't in the ring, you know, if it was backstage, I was like, why am I standing here talking to a camera? Like, wh- like who, who organized this? Like <laughs> I was, how was I able to organize this myself? You know, like this doesn't make any sense, you know? And, it, you know, I know that there's, there's this sort of, there's this culture that exists now where when you ask those questions based on logic and common sense that suddenly it's like, okay, boomer, or, you know, there's this sort of, there's this kind of culture now to sort of shoot down that mentality. Like it's not necessary, but I believe it's absolutely necessary because it's all those little elements that add up to the overall 
feeling and experience that a viewer gets when they watch pro wrestling. And if you take those elements away, you know, then they're only getting certain ingredients. You know, it's like giving them it's like giving them a steak without seasoning or a side or, you know, it's just kind of like, OK, here's the meat. That's what you came for. Right. You're just like, no, I came for the whole thing. You know, like, <laughs> I like watching professionals do what they do best. And, you know, to me, yourself, Mean Gene, you know, Tony Schiavone back in the day and, you know, even David Crockett and stuff. It was like that's. I love that element of it because you see the contrast of a good stick man and we're blessed now that we've got like Dave Marquez and Joe Galley and, and obviously Corny when he's not commentating sometimes he's at the booth we sort of rotate the guys but but Marquez yeah. has sort of taken that role for us mostly and it's just like the response from people is just is fantastic um you know but but to answer your question the, the you know the other part of it was I think we talked about this before but I just I wanted to create a sort of prize fight atmosphere and feel to my matches. I wanted the NWA world's title, you know, when it was featured to feel like a big deal, to feel like the biggest deal. And, you know, yeah. you and I, you were all in and we got to do that interview. And that was a huge, huge thrill for me. Like a real, it was such a, such a bonus kind of career highlight for me to get to do that. And like, I, the, my only regret, I wish that we'd have been able to do it live yeah, you know, backstage <laughs> at, the, at the arena you know because it would have because I, I it would have been 10 times better because i would have just been you know we both would have been jacked up on that adrenaline you know but like well also a lot of people don't remember they don't know that how we did that we was we i knew we were supposed to do something you knew we were supposed to do something and we're in the green room with everybody i mean like oh, legends man. of the, the and then well, dave's like that, okay you guys let's do this and you and i are like okay so yeah. we both want yeah, to get it right, was, we, you know, not just because we want to be a, you know, to be a good uh, promo, but at the same time we're in front of all these people, and suddenly oh. you just have to block this out. Yeah, I think and, and, uh, I, I know yeah, that I know that, was, I know that Lagana talked to you about this when when he did your show because I, I listened to it. Yeah. But yeah, just to recap for people, just to set the scene, <laughs> we we were at the, we were we were at Starcast because we had just done the weigh-ins and all of that stuff, yeah. which was great. And I'm glad that we had done that first because then I had a little bit of that adrenaline going from, from being in front of the, the audience and stuff because I need an audience for promos, really. Like, I, you know, I can cut a decent promo in a, in a quiet room, but for me, like, yeah. my best stuff comes when there's an audience there. It's, that, it's a weird thing. It's like a pressure of, of for right. some reason. No, no, kind no, of, exactly what you're talking about. You got to yeah. nail it, yeah. Yeah, it kind of, it sort of eliminates to me the the idea that i can and once it's eliminated mentally it just doesn't happen and um and yeah so we're in this green room and so all the main players for all in so cody the bucks kenny omega for some reason uh all the impact wrestling sort of top brass were back there for some reason yep. so like there's so there's demore and don Callis and ed nordholm and stuff so it was already kind of weird because there's like some dicey kind of tension there between them and Billy and stuff anyway and there's me and Logano Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett are there um I think Arn Anderson was in there and well, I maybe think the and, and, uh, I, I mean it was Japan, <laughs> Okada and like his sort of New Japan like so the New Japan some of the New Japan brass were back there yeah. and stuff and like suddenly Dave's like hey we need to shoot that thing can we you know yeah. want to shoot it right now. now okay everyone quiet down like, <laughs> just like, like shit. oh boy. So then, yeah, like, and and but fortunately, we we got it in one take. And I remember, because I remember thinking to myself, "You will not 
flub this interview in front of, especially not in front of the impact brass, like, you know, given everything that's happened there. So I just, I remember just like walking off and just thinking like, all right, follow that. Yeah. But yeah. No, that and was, I remember that was, I had, I was like, I just got to remember one thing is it's NWA world's heavyweight champion, <laughs> and, you know, like don't screw that up Mooney. And it was, it was, uh, and you know, that's like, it brought, it took me back decades because I remember it was the same kind of thing when we do those uh, interviews for Saturday night's main event and Dick Ebersol would be sitting there with his arms folded oh, and Vince man. is in there and you you talk about pressure. I mean, this is for yeah. network television and then you've got like, you know, four superstars and you're the, you're just, you're the, you're the guy holding the microphone. You, you cannot screw this up and you had to, I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't even know if half the time I listened to what they said. I just made sure I hit my mark, didn't hit the yeah. furniture, you know, didn't bump into the furniture. But it did. It took me back. And I would just remember thinking, you know, they're not here. Just do this with right. Nick. Nick's with you. And we did. We pulled it off. But, uh, but that, that's, it was that's fun. The, um, that's the interesting thing about, you know, and, and obviously, you know, time is the best teacher of anything. But, you know, what, what I didn't know in my 20s and what, you know, what I sort of came to realize from moments like that was that, like, it's just experience, you know, it's just time. Like once you like, just remember, it's not, you don't even have to think about it. It's not, it's not remember your training. It's like, no, it's, yeah. it's there now. So it's, you know, so it's, even though you might, cause I've had people often, even young wrestlers or, or sort of people who are on the fringe of the business or, or just friends of mine who enjoy the business. Even when I, even going back to my days with gladiators and stuff, some of the guys would say to me, how do you do that? Like, how do you, God, I'm so jealous. Like, how are you able to just, reel off like something like that down the camera in one take and just walk away. Like I, you know, and it's like, it's, it's practice, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a fine line between a clarity of thought and allowing your instincts to take over. Right. It's having that sort of balance of both. It's sort of, you have this, in my mind anyway, it's like you have this sort of mental bank of words and phrases and delivery. And then the rest yeah. of it is okay. Take what's happening in the moment and let that, combined with what you've got here in the mental bank and it all comes out and then boom. But getting, getting back to what we were talking about before, when you, you mentioned about, you know, how those interviews, those stick mic interviews uh, had such an impact because it, it's all about telling stories to me. And that person on the microphone uh, helps you do that. And it, whether it's a reaction because you get a reaction right away, they don't even have to say anything, but you need someone who's kind of, mirroring what people at home might be thinking that I always, that always yes. I always keep that in my mind yes but uh and today though we, you know like you said we see these high spots that's what everything is about it seems and, I, and they've moved away from that that the, telling the stories and it's great to a point but then you're okay okay what's next you know right. what how much higher a ladder can you fall off of how right many, how many times can you flip off that top turnbuckle uh that uh, ring post you know to me, it's 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 kind of it's it's first of all, it's diminishing returns yeah. to your point because if the if if the if the fundamental factor of what you're giving people is is oh my god, mm -hmm. you know, then it's then the, the next time it's going to be a little less, you know, and, yeah. and right. So it just keeps it, every time, you know, you and 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 the thing that's also frightens me is that it's. What what is the extent of this? What has to happen before they say you know we can't keep doing this? Somebody somebody has to die in the ring. I don't I don't know, but you see some yeah. of these spots today. And it's oh. like my God, I I cringe. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting, right? Because you're you're from you're from an era where unfortunately a lot of the guys were were 
experiencing significant money and fame for the first time and and you know the 80s and yeah, you know, led to a lot of vices. And so, you know, there, there were quite a lot of casualties 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line. And it's like, and we've all looked back at that and sort of learned from that and been like, okay, you know, we've got to be a little more careful. You know, guys, we, you know, the business in general has sort of acknowledged like, okay, guys are a bit careless with the steroids, a bit careless with the pills, a bit careless with you know, the lifestyle, right? And the, you know, and everything. But it's like, that's almost been replaced now by guys are just dumping each other on their heads, you know, like over and over again. And And this whole thing about flipping out of the ring onto the floor where you got to depend on three or four guys to catch you and catch you right. uh, It just it's 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 scary. And I just I don't know the extent of it. And like you said, it's not it's it's not a uh, it's not a blow to them. We're like saying we're not it's not a knock because. That's, you know, there no. are people in there and the people enjoy that, but I fear for their, their health. I mean, I just think of, yeah, and, and you have to keep going out there and topping it because like you said, it's diminishing return. When if you would have seen, you know, I remember somebody coming off the, the, the you know, the top of the, the ring post, that was a high spot back in the right. WWF and, and you know, what Randy did coming off with yeah. the elbow that, or, or Snuka, you know, that was, and, and you could, and, you know, the matches the were slower paced that. and. Yeah, and the funny thing about that is that you can still, you know, people talk about that, and, and then and then the sort of response to it is always like, well, we can't go back, but uh, you you kind of can because yeah. I've done it, <laughs> you know. Right. Sort of yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, but people and, and people are enjoying. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. You guys right, wouldn't be right. having it's, the response you're getting. Yeah, like the, the, I I I can't I can I can't say this any more unequivocally than this, but like nothing that we do is done with a combative uh, mentality toward any other type of wrestling, mm-hmm. right? Like like if you want to be a fan of the NWA, we do not require you to hate any other type of wrestling. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we we yeah. do not require you to to think that multiple dives out of the ring are stupid or this or that or doing moves on the floor every match or you know we don't need you to think any of those things if you do that's fine just you know you're everyone's allowed their opinion but but they're not taking shots at these other organizations either during the broadcast at all no we want to speak to an audience that believes in sort of fundamental common sense storytelling in the sense of like Mm -hmm. you know and and again uh, you know, in Hollywood, there's you know there's there's really only what do they say? There's really only like five different types of story, you know, or yeah. something. It's like there's you know whatever it is. Like there's you know, but if you could, you can pretty much take every successful movie and you know and and it's one of five different sort of stories told in a different way with right. different themes and settings, right? And you know, I, I remember like I've spent a lot of time under the learning tree of. Scott Hall is one guy I can think of, and he told me once, you know, that like some that, that he had learned from someone that you know that the the ba- basic emotions that a babyface takes an audience through is of fear and greed. You oh, know, where yeah. it's like when the babyface is selling, they're fearful, like oh no, I don't, my, I don't want my favorite guy to get beat up. And then when the babyface is coming back, now they're greedy, like yeah, keep going, give it to him, give it to him. Yeah. You know, and it's like, like when you think of it in that respect, it really is. You know, ultimately. Your job is to is to engineer a situation to where the audience is, is paying to see an outcome that, that satisfies them, you know, and that can be done in a infinite number of ways. 
But as long as you keep that in mind, you know, half this stuff writes itself, yeah. you know, and the over-engineering of not only matches, but also of creative, you know, booking. It's like, we just, we just kind of looked at all of it and went, the stuff that I remember, the stuff that, the stuff that strikes a chord with me as an audience member was very rarely about, oh yeah, do you remember this one storyline? God, it was so intricate. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Yeah. So think of it like that. You think like, God, remember when yeah, murder Hogan, mystery or something? Remember when, <laughs> right. Remember when? Yeah. Like, yeah. Remember this? Remember that cream of the crop promo that Savage cut? Or remember when? Like, you know, like the the Rock and Hogan. Remember Rock and Steve Austin? Or you know, whatever. Remember when so and so turned heel? Like, they're just this sort of you know the business is built around moments. That's always what I talk about when I'm having my input. You know, as far as sort of ideas and stuff. I remember the business is built around moments, not matches. Yeah. So exactly. And that, and that's true. And me, and you're seeing it. And, uh, I, I mean, uh, and, and talking about the line that you're on now, which I find really interesting to watch because you're walking kind of a fine line with, uh, with who you are as a champion. And then you've got Camille involved in this and, uh, you're still, you know, you're, you're a, a baby face to an extent here, but at the same time, you walk in this line with Camille, which kind of remind me of Randy Savage with Elizabeth. And I don't know if that was kind of along your way of thinking, but uh, is it more difficult today because of our culture, you know, the Me Too kind of uh, movement that you've got to be careful of what you do? Or is it because that are we more accepting that women in the ring now are just as damn tough as the men in many cases? I hadn't really thought of the Me Too that's thing. That's heavy, huh? That's pretty deep. Yeah, no, I know. I, no, I mean, well, because, there's, you know, the, the thing that's funny is that with the whole Camille thing is that the, the origin of that character, you know, and the origin of her, you know, is is legitimate in the sense that when we, after All In, when we were thinking about what's the hook, or, you know, what what what's the rematch you know how what's yeah. like what's the what's the next logical steps for the rematch so because we had elements in the all-in match where like for example when we had the the stuff outside where cody did the dive i caught him with the, i caught him with the elbow so then he's right. down and 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 should have been a count out right but earl's checking on him so earl doesn't count him out so we we planted that seed deliberate we had that in our mind because you know, the next match, the, the sequel would be two out of three falls. So it's like, no excuses this time. You know, like you're not going to, right? It's someone's got to beat, someone's got to, you know, one man has to beat the other twice, you know? So that was, so that was kind of the next logical progression. Plus it, plus it, uh, it spoke to our tradition in the NWA. You know, back in the day, traditionally, the NWA championship was always defended two out of three falls. So that, that was the first part. And then the second part, you know, the, the major sort of part of the, the, the Cody match all in besides the finish, obviously, was was Brandy's involvement. And um, so, you know, again, in thinking about it leading up to NWA 70 and the rematch, it was, you know, we just to me, good creative is easy. You just ask questions, you know, and the question was, OK, what what would I do about Brandy? Right. Would I request that she be barred from ringside yes i could do that but she's part of cody's act you know so the alternative to that is 
what if I had, and I just said this out loud to Dave, I said, what if I had someone to neutralize her? Oh, it needs to, I said, it needs to be a woman though. You know, and I said, obviously can't be my wife because she's unavailable. Yeah. And, and I said, and it can't be a, it can't be a valet as such because I don't, I didn't want there to be any implication of a sort of romantic involvement because it wouldn't have been authentic again, because most people know that I'm married to Mickey. So it was like, right. I said, what if I had a female bodyguard? You know, like I always, I always thought that, you know, Triple H and China dynamic was great, you know, in the early days and that, you know, and that was such a unique character because it was like you said, it kind of spoke to a lot of those different levels. Like, yeah. well, is the guy's, you know, she's going to mix it up with the guys, but are the guys allowed to hit her too? You know, <laughs> yeah, right. No, and Sherry, sensational Sherry. Uh, yeah. Man, she I was the first kind Sherry. of pioneer with that. Yeah. Favorites. And, and I, yeah. um, and I was just sort of describing this to Dave. And I said, the only thing is, is that I don't know who's out there. And he was the one who said, I know just the person. Like, and he, and he, he had, he had seen her, he'd been scouting different, you know, for different talent for, for us. And, he said, I know just the right person. And mm. man, she's just been, she's been magic. And she just, she has learned so quickly, like her, you know, on the job training. And uh, man, she's got great instincts. Obviously she's a great legit athlete. So that helps, you know, she, and she just fully committed to the role from day one. And, and um, you know, she obviously has, you know, she's, she obviously has, great physical attributes you know her size is awesome obviously she's a beautiful woman and but what's really interesting is her instinct you know and her charisma and and you know she she's the the the, the storyline the whole sort of is really has been born out of people being genuinely intrigued with who is she where did she come from you know what's what's the deal because again, because you know, we we just we take what's real. I think we talked about this on the last the last time I was on the show. But you know, we we it's easier to take what's real and play off that than it is to just say, "Hey, this person came from another planet," you know, and 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 there's this and that like, no, and if we don't and and look at look at the, you know, look at the the simplicity. <laughs> of what's really getting her over is that she's not yeah. speaking and people are just asking her because it's why, why, you know, and there's an anticipation for what's next. And it stands out because our show is built around talkers, real interviews, yeah. you know, between myself, Eli Drake, James Storm, you know, Ricky Starks killed it on his first promo. Yeah. Josephus, I mean, even Trevor Murdoch. Like, if you can't talk, you're going to have a real hard time working for the NWA. Yeah. And in a sea of of seasoned talkers, you know, you've got this mysterious woman who's choosing not to speak, but we know she can, but she's yeah. choosing not to, and that's the question. You know, it's just it's one of those. You you have to be careful with you know my my opinion. You have to be careful with mystery because mystery can can very quickly become confusion but we've i think we've we've walked that line very well with her in the sense that nobody nobody really knows why and that because there is nothing out there to indicate what it is you know and and we're, we're all going to find out how that pans out at the same time yeah no but she's uh you guys have played it really well and uh 
you know, even the, the points where they come in and they got the camera really up close and she kind of does that. Well, and doesn't doesn't say anything. And you're kind of like, oh, man, she's going to. But she I mean, I really enjoyed watching that whole thing unfold. And I want to get into more of the talent. But just to follow up with that, because we're talking about women in this kind of inner gender that we're, uh, you know, we see a lot of these matches now with women. They're not just at ringside accidentally getting involved anymore. And it, it's just uh, it's interesting to me to see it happen because of what, like I mentioned, the what, what way our culture has been now where they kind of want it both ways. And uh, it's it's uh, I think, you know, and I, I think in a lot of ways, professional wrestling is helping to move that along. I mean, we just saw a match in Saudi Arabia the first time ever. They they had a female match there. Yeah. Um, well, you know, you know, and, and how be, it's wouldn't be the first time that pro wrestling sets the tone for the rest of the world. Yeah. You know, it's sports and entertainment. It's like, but many, many folks like to sort of still, even today, like to sort of look down their nose at wrestling as this sort of, you know, bastard child of, of entertainment or whatever. And, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that, I think that <laughs> The Rock has, has proven you know, <laughs> that, that, that there's, uh, the stereotypes were wrong. And when you look at all the sports that have borrowed from our business, like UFC or boxing or even, even, you know, t t you know, I mean, who, who'd have ever thought that you'd see pyro at a tennis match, you know, but it's there. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> you're okay. telling me that they didn't, you know, they didn't see pyro first on pro wrestling. Cause I guarantee you they did, yeah. you know, and, and it's just, uh, and so we, you know, we, we have set the tone in a lot of things culturally, but you know, just I can only speak for the NWA and for myself, but we we one of the things that we've been very uh, clear internally about from the beginning is kind of like how we I don't see like I see all this you know women's empowerment stuff in wrestling and people like to talk about like the, you know I know that WWE obviously branded their women's evolution and stuff, but you know I have a sort of slightly different perspective on it because you know my wife came from an era where that wasn't happening. You know, mm -hmm. but she was still a featured talent and she was still doing great. And, you know, I don't think Sable was having any issues with women's, you know, with, with you know, with, like with her pay, you know, back in the day, like she was one of the highest paid talent. You know, we, so when it comes to us and our stuff, like we just. We don't have there's no exact science for any of it. Like we're, we're not sort of we're not going out there going, OK, we really need to make sure we focus on more women and or more minorities or this or that like because once you start playing that game uh you know you you're just you just kind of become uh, you you know almost become a slave to the 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 sort of gotcha culture right yeah. like you you suddenly become like a puppet of it if you're if you're good we'll use you you know? Yeah, that's and simple as that. It's you, about entertainment. Yeah. That's what make, it's all about. You, right, and if you if you sell tickets, you sell merchandise. If you make if you make us money, you will earn money, right? Yeah. Like, we, it, if if the next time we go if the next time we go to Atlanta, you know, it's it's plainly obvious from everybody there that you know, Thunder Rosa is the biggest star we've got. Yeah. Then she'll be featured as such, right. you know, and that can yeah. that could happen, but yeah. you know. But we we're not you know we don't have any sort of predefined uh, uh, boxes that we want to try and tick or anything like that. We you know we 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 do the best with what we have available to us, and then we go we go with what's what's working with our audience. You know, yeah. like we're like I, I'm 
I, I kind of get I kind of get tired of uh, diversity for diversity's sake. You know, like I don't think that wrestling's ever had an issue with it, right? No. Like, you know, like I I've seen some of this race stuff, and you know, I'm not obviously going to sort of comment on that. Not really my place to, but I just I don't ever I don't remember ever as a fan thinking. Well, I don't like this guy because he's, you know, <laughs> because he's not white. Like, I just, yeah. if I like the guy, I like the guy, like right? The like, guy. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like say, kids, like that's what kids do. I mean, you should never yeah. lose that, you know? But, right, right. And um, I, I, but you mentioned I this. Our business is one of the best for, for being. Yeah, um, quality or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Being. Right. Diverse without even. Setting up to be that way. So the way that our model is set up is it's like you get paid off the house. If you if you make us money, you earn money. Yeah. Well, and also I, I'm sure you felt this along the way. I know when I was there that um, I felt that it was that the wrestling business was one of the most tolerant businesses in the world. Absolutely. You had it's exactly what it came down. It didn't matter what you if you were a small person being politically correct, as they call the midgets then, or or whatever you were, whatever walk of life you can if you sold tickets, you were in that ring for a promotion. Absolutely. Didn't well, matter. I mean, I, had no see, idea with what yeah. I, and I always felt I that. And I've told people that that Yeah, I see Hornswoggle all the time. You know, he's yeah. because he's because he's because he draws money. Yeah, he's entertaining. Uh, but getting back to this realism, and you mentioned that, uh, you know, you're, you, you really feel like there should be an element of that. And it really does, I think, put a talent over. Like you said, that people know you're, you're married to Mickey, so that you wouldn't have somebody that you've got some kind of relationship with because everybody knows that. And there's that element. People don't really know where, does it, where do you separate the two. And uh, you mentioned Thunder Rosa, who's also involved in MMA. And we've seen other professional wrestlers because they're gifted athletes and they're badass people who could get ring and, and you know, shoot. Um, how is that? Uh, how does that help professional wrestling today? Or what do you feel that, you know, the crossover there? Is it helping the business? I think that we, we've always based everything off authenticity. I think yeah. our audience likes to respond to whatever is real, what's re really there. So, mm -hmm. you know, as long as that, as I feel like, as long as we stick to that, that's always going to be our best foot forward, right? Like if we can, if we can always address like the real thing, then yeah. the audience is going to sort of respond to that, right? Because they're going to say, they don't have to pick any holes in it because they don't have to go, Oh, well, that's not true. They're doing this because of that. Like that's, that's sort of a, a thing that exists in wrestling now is, is fans like to say, Oh, well, they must be doing this because they're getting ready to do this. But yeah. if you eliminate that element as much as possible, then the audience then is forced to sort of take in what they you know, they, they're, they're allowed then to just kind of feel what's happening right in front of their face. You know, like, so with Cody and I, we didn't, we didn't pretend anything. Everything that we did was, was the real situation, right? Like, like we, we, you know, we would slowly turn up the heat on each other into, as far as our promos and interviews, you know, and I would say, yeah, well, I know what you want. That makes mm -hmm. me the dealer, you know, because I have, I have the title. Right. So, but I don't work for you. And all in is your show, 
but you want me because you want a shot of my title. So what are you willing to put up? You know, so, and then people right. were kind of like, that makes yeah, sense. That is, what, that, that is what would happen, <laughs> yeah. right? That's what happens in boxing. Right. Like there isn't like a, a commissioner in boxing who says, Hey, guess what? Deontay Wilder, you're going to face Tyson Fury. No, like those, their camps yeah. get together and they go, Hey, we can make some money here. Like, what do, what do we need? Okay, well, I want this. Okay, well, I want this, you know. I want the fight to happen in Vegas. Okay, well, you know, we need this guy to be the referee, you know, and all this kind of thing. And when for that particular type of storytelling, we were like, well, you know, people were, people just, we, we they were, oh, well, Cody's under contract to Ring of Honor, so there's no way that he could win, you know, because there's no way that the NWA would, would, would want a Ring of Honor guy to have their belt. But then they'll go, oh, yeah, but it is Cody's show. Like, no no way is he going to book himself to, you know, because that's the way fans yeah. are now. They think of every element. But then they're going like, oh, but I don't know. You know, Aldous is like, they've put all their eggs in one basket with him. Like, you know, he, he's like, he's the guy, you know. So, like, I can't see him losing. Well, guess what? If we've created a situation where the fans are coming into it going, I can't see either one of these guys losing, <laughs> the likelihood is they're going to buy a ticket or buy a pay-per-view yeah. to see what the outcome yeah. is. And so, you know, it, it, that's that's what that's pretty much that's pretty much my input as far as any of my big title matches go. I go, what do we need to do to create a situation where the audience goes, I I gotta buy I gotta buy a ticket, I gotta buy this pay per view because I have to. Because, I, I don't know how this is going to turn out. And that's exactly what your that's your mission is to 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 yeah. leave them on the edge like that. And, you know, you do this and, and Cody does it as well, that it, it is on that edge of realism, that that's what where everybody knows, OK, it's I know what it is. They're, they're storytellers. But at the same time, man, there's a there's something in there that, yeah, like you said, you're reaching back into real life there. And Cody does right. the same thing that he's been doing uh, with that uh, with AEW and, and uh, like a recent promo he did. I don't know if you caught that one, but, man, yeah. you know, it's fantastic. He. Yeah, and where it's on that, and people are like, I think that might have that was kind of a shoot, you know, yeah. uh, getting personal with with Chris and talking about his his family, and you know, you've uh, I don't I'm not saying you learned from Cody, but you're from the same uh, same cloth, I guess is is kind of an we old had the same way yeah to we had it. the same process yeah. when we were working together, yeah. you know, in the sense like yeah we were kind of got we and that's we why kind it of, works yeah we knew what the line was you know as far as kind of like what 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 crosses into distasteful and unnecessary versus like what gets people going, Oh boy, like this is, yeah. you know, this is get this is heating up, uh, you know, and, and that's one, that's, that's the way to me, like that's the best way to do the kind of, um, uh, epic match sort of clash of Titans type of booking where it's kind of like these two guys are both at the top of their game and, you know, something's got to give like that's, you know, I, I me, me and Cody was very, we, I approach that very much like a, an old Western, right? Like gunslingers. I even said that in one of my promos. It's like, we're like a couple of gunslingers, right? Town ain't big enough for the both of us. But with another situation, like, like take Tim Storm, for example, totally different storytelling. Like, Hey, I respect everything you are. Like you're, you know, you're, you're one of the main reasons why we're here, but I have to beat you to, to be able to, you know, I'm sorry that my, I'm sorry that my, my path to success involves having to end yours, you know, like, and then Tim's yeah. going, okay, well, I've got, I, I've got, you know, every time I'm in the ring, I've got to punch his chance. And 
I'm going to come at you with everything I've got and I'm willing to put it all up on the line. So then people go, oh, damn, you know, like he's willing to risk it all. Man, I, you know, I, again, I don't see how this, I'm not sure how this is going to go. No. You know, and, and it's, I, I, I enjoy that element to it. Uh, to me, that's a good worker. Like, I, I, I get very, I get, I get really tired of the of the sort of culture that exists that uh, beguiles guy, you know, guys who have who are who are quote unquote lazy workers, right? Which you know, which which in their world means guys who don't do you know twenty five huge high impact moves and kick out and don't do a ton of dives and don't do a ton of this and false finishes that you know and it's like no to me that's lazy actually that if if you're just going to go out there and just do an entire show's worth of action in one match just to guarantee that the crowd goes one two oh right that's lazy because you basically just you're the guy who just walked up to the buffet and took you know and took all of all the roast potatoes out of the thing you know what i mean like like just say, just take them take what you need you know but you've just <laughs> taken it away from everybody else because everyone else on the card now it's like this whole thing of like stealing the show like sean michaels yeah. stole the show when he was the intercontinental champion by using his allotted time and the things that he was allowed to do in that position on the card and doing it in such a way that made everybody go, well, that guy is special. He didn't go out there and hit five finishes and, you know, go into business for himself. Like that's the difference. And that like, unfortunately that's one of those phrases that's been sort of taken and manipulated and misinterpreted by a lot of talent over the years is like, where, you know, these guys, I'm going to go out there and steal the show. Like, no, what you mean is you're going to go out there and go into business for yourself and, and not respect your position on the card. We have very, we are very much about that, that um, culture. And what's interesting is we've never had to enforce it at the NWA. Mm. We've never had to take a guy and be like, hey, look, that's not your I place to be doing that. Everybody gets it. Like, we... We, you know, I said it. In they see it as a whole. They see it as a whole, a whole pic, the whole picture that what you right. guys are trying to do here. Yeah, I, I said it in that first promo on NWA Power. I said like, that there's a dressing room full of men and women, seasoned professionals. You know, like they understand that today your job is to is to block. <laughs> you know, so so right. that Nick Aldis and Tim Storm can score a touchdown. Next week, it might be their job to block so you can score. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, right, yeah. it's, 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 it's what's, what's best for business, what's best for the, you know, what's best for the audience. And, you know, we, but, and, but yeah, it's interesting because we've, that's why we, we've been very judicious about who we bring in. And so that, you know, so that like, like take a guy like Trevor Murdoch, who you can absolutely trust implicitly to do what needs to be done. You know, to to perform that task on the show and to to set, to give the audience what they need at that moment in time. And you know, yeah. we're 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 winning them over, Sean, one one at a time. But I just at the big event, the energy and the 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 positivity towards like the NWA and towards the show and stuff was just unbelievable. I was you know I was blown away by the by by the fans, by the sentiment of so many fans. 
Yeah, and uh, and you can just tell by the numbers you're getting just on YouTube right now. And I know that Billy and, and Dave and you have a, a lot more planned ahead because, you know, I told Dave that you guys are on the edge. You guys understand. Uh, besides, maybe it's a throwback to professional wrestling. At the same time, you guys are looking way ahead beyond what all these a lot of these other organizations are doing with social media and these other platforms that are out there and apps and all these other things. And I'll get into that. But you mentioned the talent, and and I I didn't want to uh, you know blow by this without mentioning, I mean, each one of those guys that's on your roster is there for a reason. You mentioned Tim Storm, who reminds me of kind of this, you know, Arn Anderson. I was trying to think who else had a little Mr. Perfect in him, but uh, let's start with Tim. I mean, he's... Ronnie Garvin and Tim Storm. Yeah, 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 that's great. That's a great, uh, but but you know what I'm saying? And, and I mean, start with him. What is he? What has he brought to uh, what you guys are doing now? And then we'll kind of go down the roster a little bit. Well, Tim's, Tim really, Tim's persona so i won't even say yeah. character because he's not playing a character like this yeah. is just persona That's who he is huh? it, it it really set the tone for what we wanted to be and, and I, fortunately for me it it aligned with what i had wanted to do because i was when i when i first started working with with dave and billy the the stuff that i was sending them was a lot of hbo 24 sevens um you know showtime all access stuff like that to sort of go Look how well they're telling a story and getting you setting the hook for you to buy this pay per view. And like, because they realize that two boxes, you know, take, you know, Mayweather and McGregor was, was, was in the, in the midst of their uh, build when, when I first started talking to Dave and Billy. Or it may have already just happened. One, it was, but we were right at the, you know, that was, that was the thing that, that was in the conversation, right? And then Canelo and Triple G followed afterwards. And right. like you take the contrast of those two, because like I, I am I'm like a casual fan of boxing, and I, that's uh, that's been very uh, that's been very educational for me to to think. Okay, well, what about the guys who feel about wrestling the way I feel about boxing? Boxing, yeah. you know, like it's like I will buy certain pay per views when I'm when they set the hook, but I'm not going to watch right. any every all boxing all the time just Everything for just for the sake. Of, yeah, and. You know, Mayweather and McGregor kind of sells itself in the, but they obviously they did a phenomenal job with I mean they they were so there was so much hype around the fight that then they, they were able to sell out arenas just for press conferences. Right. I know. Well, you need, you need one press conference. They did like four because it was basically <laughs> just buying people buying tickets to see them cut promos on one another. Yeah. You know, so so like, you know, because sometimes I see that in the feedback for sort of other wrestlers, like, oh, there's too much talking. And I go, No, there's too much bad talking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> never be exactly. enough never be enough like too much talking if it's good right. you know like I, right. I i can tell you i've sat there and got what gone down a rabbit hole and watched randy savage promos for an hour you know watched dusty rose promos for an hour flair you know you know so it's like it's that's not the issue right but but then canelo and triple g that was sold to me completely differently because canelo doesn't speak english but i know how good he is and then triple g mm -hmm. Here's this guy who, and I, I promise I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, but like, here's this guy, G, who was kind of a journeyman pro boxer for a long time. Like, he fought, he was, he's from, um, I want to say Kazakhstan. I, for, I forget. I think it's Kazakhstan. Somewhere, somewhere, you know, somewhere in Eastern Europe. So he, and he, and he could not 
get a break in the US, could not get a promoter, could not get a, you know, could not get fights in the US. They kept telling him, hey, you know, you're too boring or, you know, you're like, you know, what, what's the what's the deal? So he's he's killing it in Europe, but there's no money in Europe really, you know, in, in, apart from maybe Germany and and the UK. And like, finally comes to the US. He's like thirty, which for you know for boxing is kind of like yeah. twilight years, right? Yeah. And suddenly, you know, because like, and you know, people as once they actually see who this person is, personality, they just kind of start going like, and I did. I went, I love this guy. He's in a oh, big drama show, you know, and he's kind of talking about like, he's this, and he's just, and you, you know, by the end of the thing, I'm just like, I'm rooting so hard for Triple G <laughs> because I'm just like, this guy's great. And like, he's still going and he's, and he's just been plugging away and plugging away and plugging away. And now he's finally getting, you know, getting a shot. And, oh, yeah. you know, the thing that's, it was, I was, you know, that fight came, it was one of those ones where they were saying, look, you know, to boxing purists, to like the hardcore, they're going, this is the fight. The middleweight championship of the world, Canelo and Triple G, this is the show. Like, this is going to be one of the greatest. This is going to be Hagler Hearns, you know? Yeah. So, I'm, so I'm hearing that and I'm going, okay, all right, well, that's, you know, all right, that's, you, you, you got me halfway there. But then by the time I'd seen the packages on him and I'd seen that, you know, and I see him training and I hear his story and I see Canelo and his stories, I'm like, all right, <laughs> take my money. You know, and I just, and I, you know, I'm basically explaining all this to Dave and Billy and I'm going like the fact that he, the fact that triple G had, you know, it's taken him to the age of 30 to get a break and to get, you know, to get, does not turn me off. It does the opposite. So it's like, let's take what's, you know, and I was, so I was kind of, I was already kind of harping on that point. And in the, in the meantime, they had already met Tim because he was the existing NWA champion when Billy brought the organization and Billy had sort of done the same thing where he's just like, God, I just, this guy, like this personality, like, what are you, you know, he's a school teacher and he's, you know, he is the, and it was like, he's so authentic. He's just, he's a, that's a man. When you see him, meet him and you talk to him, he's got this deep gravelly Texas voice and he's just got this presence. He's got these, Yes, he's a piercing blue eyes. Talks to you. Yeah. And you, and you, you know, you, like I would, I, you know, within 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 minutes of meeting him, I would have absolutely trusted him to look after my son. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, know, you could yeah. just, you know, you you just know that that's a man you can put your trust in, yeah. right? Honorable, yeah. And we get this, and we and we just see this whole thing. Just we just saw it, it all just unfolded in front of us because I looked at it and went, look, I know that the rap on me is that people kind of think, Oh, he's a little bit full of himself or, you know, he's, they don't know oh, he's British and he's articulate and he's good looking and he's this and he's that, or he must be a dick, you know, like, because, <laughs> and, and, or, you know, and I, I know what the rap on me is, you know, what, what's ultimately that's the only thing that matters is like what the audience is feeling about you. I said, let's take what's the real situation here. You've got this 53-year-old school teacher who's this sweetheart of a guy, but he's, you know, this is his, he's been a journeyman wrestler, but like he's finally kind of got this one thing that he's proud of, which is the NWA title. And now here's this guy, Nick Aldis, who seemingly has had tons of opportunities from a young age. He's, you know, he he's he knows that he can he can speak. He's, you know, he's physically gonna be you know, younger, faster, bigger, but, and, and he's 
kind of unlikable in so, you know some elements especially compared to this guy and like he's mm-hmm. british and it's like this whole thing I said, itself you know yeah. and um you know and then obviously you know by the time we got to the first episode of nwa power we we had two years of our own sort of history then so to our sort of locked in core audience it was you know it was it, there, there was a lot to work with but and I think that you know the people that bought tickets to Atlanta who were there was so invested in in us and that thing that I think by the time we'd shown the packages on Tim and so any new audience that we got and there were a lot we got a lot of new audience to power especially in that first episode yeah. by the end of that first episode you know exactly who Tim Storm is and you know what the whole point of this is and you know who Nick Aldis is because of you know because I've been more publicized but if you weren't familiar with Tim. You were by the end of it, and and by the yeah. time she's interviewed, because that was a hell of a promo. The way he talks about Mama Storm and everything, like, and and you know, I, I, not not trying to pat myself on the back or anything here, but that my re- but my only request, my only note when I when I saw the the layout for show one was I said Tim needs an interview, because originally it was, we were just going to do the match, and I said no, Tim needs an interview. Like we, that that those that two minutes before he gets in the ring, like that's got to be his like. That's his moment to get everybody on his side, you know. And I was just like, yeah. let let him speak from the heart. And, like, care. Yeah. and that was my only that was my only suggestion or request. And you know, and to me, I just felt like you know, I feel like by the time that bell rung, like people might have respected me, but they wanted Tim to win. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, and that's what we wanted. We wanted that you know, we wanted that situation where people were invested. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'll tell you, you know, I, I couldn't help but thinking when I saw him, because I wasn't really familiar with Tim, and I was like, where's this guy been? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, really, and, and uh, now you say he's where he is now, but uh, we're seeing well, a lot of that. I think a lot of know, people seeing this talent and going, wow. Yeah, it goes, back to, it goes back to what I said before about <laughs> the vehicle, because when, when, most of the, when most of the business has been predominantly focused on in-ring action and not on interviews and promos, or even if it is promos, it's promos that someone else has written for you, that where you're basically just kind of going out and, and sort of um, uh, conducting or performing this sort of predetermined, you know, um, setup, yeah. you, know, prem- you know, basically creating a premise for a match. Like, that's not the same thing as an interview where it's like a real, you know, where you're causing a real sort of emotional investment. You know, had, had he come along 20 years earlier or 30 years yeah. earlier, probably, who knows, you know, different, different kettlefish. But at the same time, you know, he's also, he looks, he looks the best he's ever looked now. Like if you go back and look yeah, at Yeah, I know. Jesus. When you said 53, uh, I'm like, what? These, yeah. Wow. And I didn't. You know, it's just funny. That's again, it's just, that's just different circumstances. Right. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, let's just take everything that's there. I don't think, I don't believe that. And this is this is the this is what I try to achieve as a performer, as a pro wrestler, especially as the world champion. That I want by the end of the match, or at least within you know by halfway through, I don't want anybody in the in watching it thinking this is stupid. You know, like there's no way that this this 54 year old guy could beat this 32 year old guy, right? Yeah. The same way that when I wrestled Marty Skrull, one of the top talents in the entire industry, you know. One of my best friends. We told a totally different story again because we used what was real. Best, you know, best friends had different career paths. Now we're, you know, now we're going to show down. But at the very beginning, there was like a smattering of kind of 
murmurs about Marty's size, you know, like, oh, you know, he's like, he's not a heavyweight. It shouldn't be a heavy, you know, yeah, but, right. but if, by, by the time you, by the time you've watched yeah. that match, the Rocket Cup, nobody, yeah. nobody no. is going. That, that was not part of the that, discussion. That was dumb. There's no way he should have been in that match. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that, that's what I, that's what I want to achieve mostly as a performer is like, I, I don't want any, I don't want anyone snickering or, or you know, guffing during any of my stuff, and you know that I, 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 Bret Hart is really one of my real sort of idols, and you know, I kind of sort of try to mimic a lot of Bret's um, philosophies, you know, on that side of things. Well, you know, and, and with these, like you said, you can't. There, there's no way to run or hide. I mean, you have a very intimate crowd when you're cutting these promos, and people can yes. interact with you right there. So it's got to be uh, very genuine. You'll feel you you feel it right away you know when something isn't working or whatever and uh you know watching these and each one of these guys and it's not a, a, a huge roster but every one of them is really unique and they're yeah. really good at what they're doing uh you know eli drake is another one who's uh you know completely different personality but he's grabbing people's attention right so I mean, it's just like, you know untouchable on that mic like he, he you know he and i like we have very different styles of delivery, but, you know, equally effective, you know? And so if, if, if you like my style of delivery, you know, you got like, then you've got, you know, they're great, but you, then you've got Eli coming out. Who's just, he's, you know, he's, he's just rolling with catchphrases and hooks and, you know, and, and, and one-liners and stuff. That's it's a slightly different way of delivering than I do, you know, and, and then, and different again to the way Tim cuts a promo or Trevor Murdoch or Ricky Starks, but like, man, Eli, you know, he, you, you talk about another guy who's had had some opportunities to showcase himself, but this vehicle, this particular vehicle, has shown him to be, you know, has been able to, I, I believe, has been able to showcase who he has the potential to be, you know, and and, well, and also and, you got to be able to, you know, that's why he chose to come on board with us because yeah. because he had he like I did had opportunities to go to AEW and go to other places and he saw what we were doing and was like that's the right vehicle for me. Yeah. And uh, you, you've got to be able to think on your feet too. It isn't just, you can go out there and have this great promo because you know your points you're going to hit and be very good at delivering it, but you've got to be able to react in a, in a, in a uh, situation like this. And that's one thing that came to mind is uh, they had the question mark out there. And he, I remember the line was, you know, they're chanting question mark, question mark is enough. Well, I'll put an exclamation point, you know? Right. Uh, and I just thought like, that's, that's good stuff. Right. That, uh, that separates uh, you from a yes. lot of people when you can do that and you listen and you right. find your points and they, and you know, it's kind of the, like the bonnet Bobby Heenan Heenanism, you know, where they've just got, which comes out of nowhere, but that's a the, gift, the man. Talker to me, the, the probably the best talker in the history of the business. Yeah. Yeah. But it's great to see with these guys and, and we don't have time to talk about every single one. I just wanted to name them. So people, uh, mm. if they haven't seen him yet, you've got to, uh, you know, Aaron Stevens with his thespian bit he's got going and that's, right. <laughs> that's fun and uh and trevor murdoch too that's another one i wanted to mention because uh it in, in a world where everybody's gotta be cut buff you know and uh man that guy is as you say a great hand i mean may, I, i've just enjoyed watching his matches the guy can do yeah. a lot he's and, classic uh, yeah 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 it's like watching a guy it's it's like 
I, I said, like I alluded to earlier, you know, I love entertainment, all forms of it. Mm-hmm. What I really like to do, like I've been to musicals, I've been to plays, I've been to, you know, all sorts of different circus. What I like to do is I like to watch highly trained professionals who have mastered their craft or their discipline do it. And that's Trevor Murdoch, man. Like yeah. he is so classically trained in the sort of art of like classic, believable pro wrestling. You know, and, you know, and he's a huge guy, you know, he's a, he's a true heavyweight, big, believable, rough and tumble redneck. And like he, you know, that this is, again, the right vehicle. Like, yeah. he, you know, he 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 had he, he had a little run in WWE and was part of a good tag team. But, you know, after yeah. that, they, they, they couldn't they didn't they didn't have anything for him. I I. I can only assume because, you know, in because you need the, the thing with WWE is sometimes you can almost be too, too good, because if you can if you can talk for yourself and, you know, for example, that's not really your that's, that's not really a required skill. Now, when you think about it, like, why would we even bother having a guy cut a promo when you, and you if you're looking at him? But it, because he's not going to do that on the show, you know, so. Like what? What? Like, but Trevor, he 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 can he can deliver with anyone, and you saw you've seen the reaction to him because the, yeah. because he's authentic. You know, there's an authenticity to him, and and also like there's a there's a, a credibility to him because if if he couldn't move like that, yeah. and he wasn't six four and you know close to three hundred pounds, then People might think, okay, great. But now what you do is now his look almost works to his advantage. You know, no, it does. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. I mean, you don't expect him to, and it's not just like what he can do in the ring, but I mean, the the matches that I've seen that he's been, I really enjoyed him. And, and, and honestly, going into him, I didn't think I would. I was thinking, oh boy, what's this, you know? And now I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. he is absolutely a master of his craft, trained by Harley Race, you know, and mm-hmm. and and to boot, a one hundred percent gentleman, true great professional, mm-hmm. like yeah. good human being. Well, um, I would love to talk about the whole roster, but I've kept you a while, and there's a couple <laughs> other big questions I wanted to get to, though. But and I mentioned this at the top of the conversation that uh, you guys got a lot planned ahead. Uh, I don't know how much you can tell us, but. Can you give us a little insight of what people might expect to see in the coming months uh, with the NWA? I know that uh, Billy and Dave got big plans along with you. I think you're going to see, you know, the, the energy and the and the and the delivery from the, from the talent, all the men and women, you know, on our for, who who performed at, at the GPB studios the first set first time around was mm-hmm. unbelievable. And that was without the response to the show that we've had. Now, uh-huh. following the unbelievably positive response we've had to the show, I'm, I, I'm just, I feel like this one's going to be, that this, this, the, the standard is just going to keep on, right? And, you know, and you've been there, like when you've been around, I mean, God, you were, you were around a, a roster that had flair, Mr. Perfect, Rick Rude, you know, just these, just these absolute masters of their craft who were all, and then, you know, with Shawn Michaels and other guys coming yeah. up behind them yeah. and, you know, coming up behind them and they're going, all right, 
uh, I see you. I'm going to uh, follow that. You know, they go out and they do that, you know, and we're getting there now, you know, with promos. It's like uh-huh. there was no accident that that first episode, you know, that I had the first promo. I deserve to have that first spot, you know, the, the sort of, you know, I'm obviously the, the torchbearer for the company, but it was also, Dave said, you need to go out there and light a fire under everybody else. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. if you go out there and nail this promo, you know that Eli Drake coming up it, 10 minutes from now when his interview, he's not going to want to have a, he's not going to want to have a, a, a <laughs> he's not going to want to seem like second fiddle to me. Right. So now <clears> he's got to go out. He's got to, deliver a hell of a promo and then tim storm at the end of the night now pressure's like hey you you got to make sure that you get all these people behind you with this promo you know so then you know then then you've got then you take a kid like ricky stocks like god you know brand new talent he's he's got everything going for him the sky is the limit for him okay here's your promo kid better go out there and nail it you know like you better get you you know you get these people behind you because you're not going to get a pop when you first walk out because they don't know who you are but right. you better make sure by the end of that promo that they are. And they, boy, he, he took every bit of that and, and absolutely drove it home, you know, like, yeah. and so Thunder Rosa, you know, like, yeah. you know, is knows that she, she's been waiting and waiting and waiting for her chance to shine as Thunder Rosa, not as some other character, not as subservient to somebody else as Thunder Rosa. She sits around and she's seeing all these other people go out and nail it. And she's, I saw her in the back, just itching, just like, let me out there. You know what I mean? Like, let me get out there. And let me loose. again, she's out. And I mean, she had, a, you know, we, we built her up, you know? So it was kind of like, uh, it, she had to deliver and she did, you know? And that's, I just think that, that combination of pressure and anticipation and good energy is just going to keep multiplying. And I think that's, you're going to see, you're going to see that the right things unfold. You're going to see the right guys get put into the spots that they've earned. And, and you're going to see, you know, just continue to see top quality professional execution and outcomes that are, you know, based on what the audience wants to see, you know, to satisfy our fan base. Oh, well, a healthy competition. Uh, it, it makes for a really great atmosphere for everybody. And uh, <clears throat> I mentioned, uh, you know, Billy and, and Dave are very much into these other platforms, looking into it. And uh, right now, YouTube is the main platform. But of course, you guys are looking beyond that because that's not going to sustain this big machine as it grows. Um, might we see, of course, you got the pay-per-views going, but maybe are they, uh, is the end game, you know, a TV deal or... Uh, finding other ways to do it, uh, like we're think, seeing almost in a sense with uh, I think the end know, like game, Netflix and that kind of thing. I think, well, the end game is to be on a, yeah, to be sustainable and to be profitable, but yeah. we're much closer to being profitable than people think because mm-hmm. we, you know, we probably could have taken it. We probably could have taken a TV deal somewhere by now, but it would have been, yeah. but it would have been a bad deal. And then we would have been, you know, forced to you know forced into a certain number of costs right. you know forced into a number of parameters that we have to stay within you know and ultimately we need proof of concept and if you know my 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 response when the people say about youtube is that like well if you're not getting paid to be on tv then 
why would you be on TV? Because it's just going to limit your audience. Because YouTube, I believe in the on-demand culture. Like we're, we, you know, yeah. we we we're, we're averaging a couple of hundred thousand. Yeah, okay. Like ten, like less than ten percent of those are watching it live as it happens. Right. So, what would happen to our it number? Keeps on giving. Right. What would happen to our number if we went on TV? You know, yeah. okay, great. We can brag that we're on TV and it makes us feel like we're more legitimate, but ultimately it's not going to do anything this is going to you know so our end game is to create a model where our content drives our other revenue streams you know in other words like it always like it always used to be which always worked where you know our content creates stars and creates moments that people then want to pay to see whether it be pay-per-view live event and then it drives our other revenue streams with merchandise licensing advertising because we have paid advertising on the show now you know Mm -hmm. people laughed at the goofy ads yeah. but the, the point of that is always to show like hey uh, we could advertise legitimately using this style of thing so now people actually want to see the commercials rather than just skip them right like right. like what like why like why bother putting a why bother like shoving a, a, a 30 second regular commercial in there knowing that someone can just double tap their screen a couple of times to skip through it well, I if keep watching the video game one over and over. When you, you come up, right. I watch. I don't go. <laughs> that's a, well, and that's and and that's a commer- That's an actual commercial. Like that's yeah. a paid partnership. Yeah. Like that's you know, I I had a, a I have a personal you know paid partnership with Retromania, and then we we use that to then parlay that into a, a separate licensing deal with the NWA and and RetroSoft. So that's a proof of concept. You know, like, and and we have we have sold some other ad spots to some other. So you're going to see those in the coming weeks. Legitimate advertising done in our style. So it's adverts that people actually watch, believe it or not. <laughs> so you know, besides uh, Nick, the fact that this is, you know, like a great stage for you. You're you're. This is the way you want you to be presented. But um, I know you've had other interests uh, from these other organizations. Would love to have Nick Aldis a part of their roster. Uh, why not? Why haven't you taken the, you, you, you probably could get a big deal somewhere. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Cody is, uh, I don't know this. I'm just thinking that, uh, knowing where you are and, uh, what they think of you. Um, so why, why, uh, why this, why be, do you feel that you're part of something new that's really, uh, you know, setting a new standard, uh, uh in the business or, or what is it? Partly, partly that. Um, but also I'm, I'm, you know, I'm involved with this organization, you know, at at a deeper level than just as a talent, which is something that I've been very honest about from the beginning that I've wanted to do, Mm -hmm. you know, like I used to get told in TNA all the time, Hey, we don't, you know, you just, you just be a wrestler. We don't pay you to think, you know, you just, you know, you just, I was okay. Because I've got, I've got something going on in there. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not always right, but like, but there's, but there's stuff coming out, you know, and. And um, this this is the only place where I can actually help shape the entire company. Uh, and okay. I enjoy that. And I believe that in the long term, in the long run, it will pay off in a bigger fashion for me, both financially and otherwise. Yeah. And, and you mentioned The Rock as we kind of wrap up here that uh, just something else I think you'd be very capable uh, of being very successful at is, is the acting part of it. Uh, I think Rock has shown that you know, some of the best actors in the world come from that, can come from that world because I can't even, I, I, I can't even imagine when he came out and maybe had a reading for something 
what you guys have to do, remember, you know, have in your head five minutes of a monologue, or whatever, they probably just were blown away by the fact you probably said, yeah, I'm ready. And uh, I think that, you know, I could see you being a lead in the Kingsman or something like that. Is that something you're interested in, in pursuing at some point? Uh, sure. You know, I right now I'm at the top of my game, you know, as, uh-huh. a, as a wrestler. And I understand that a lot of those elements bleed into acting, bleed yeah. into television. I've always had aspirations to be in, the, be in that world, you know, but at the same time, also aware that I'm not trained not classically trained in that world so you know i would if i were to do it i would be very respectful about how i would to do it i wouldn't just expect to just waltz in and you know get roles i would i would go and learn train um and again if if the right opportunity presented itself sure you know it's um it's all about you know to me uh, you know I've been frustrated through early, you know, through, uh, you know, before in my career, as far as WWE not giving me a shot and, you know, and other places kind of, you know, uh, hamstringing me a little bit. So my, 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 my belief and my philosophy is always to deliver, like over deliver for whoever's going to put their faith in you, whoever's going to put their money up for you. And, you know, and and like in, in Billy's case, you know, put their own personal money up uh you know and, and put their faith in you like i'm gonna over deliver for them you know and uh, you know as a professional and as a human being so you know if yeah. those, those those other elements yeah I've, I've done a bit of stage and i've done a few little i i just did a little tv spot here um uh, actually filmed in richmond um a couple of weeks ago for uh for a, a series on uh one of the discovery networks but you know so i flirted with it a little bit and i understand that there's you know, some people think I lend myself well to that. Um, yeah. uh, you know, never say never. But yeah, r- right now, like I am, I am so, so locked in and in the zone with with who I am as as Nick Aldis, the national treasure, the world's champion. You know, the pro wrestler. It's like that. That's you know, I I feel myself getting better at this every day, and it's mm-hmm. like that's really empowering. Well, and I think uh, you don't realize it, but you are in training for, for that. I think you're going to do, you'll slide right into it when they come calling. And I really do believe they will. Um, you know, Billy Corgan is kind of this mystery figure to a lot of people. They see, he comes out, he does promo things. And, but, uh, and I don't know how much he'd allow you to reveal or how much you want to, but can you give us a little insight into his passion for this business and, and why uh, he's, uh, you know, purchased this company and, and has such a vision for it? Sure. He, he really does, you know, he has, he has a, a huge amount of passion for the business. That's, I don't, I, I don't know if that's really even in question at this point. I feel like that's, no. that's fairly well documented to anyone who's, yeah. who's, you know, who's paid attention, but he's also experienced, you know, like the, the, you know, that people that I think there's somewhat of an assumption, certainly when, as, as we're, as the show is gaining traction, as it, as it starts to get seen by different you know, by actual entertainment publications like Variety and stuff like yeah. that. There's this thing of like Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corgan, you know, dips yeah. his toe in wrestling kind of thing. And they said, well, he's been dipping his toe in wrestling for yeah. a number of years. He had his own promotion in Chicago. He was an owner at Impact. You know, like he, it's it's not his first foray. You know, what all that's happened is actually what he's he's actually been able to learn from those experiences. So he's now got a combination of his own personal experience as a very successful recording artist and touring artist. And he handles all of that. The Smashing Pumpkins is his business. Like he, Mm. you know, 
He writes the songs. It's all his IP. He he's the the buck stops with him. Yeah. So he's got that experience on that large scale, you know, big money entertainment business, right? Add to that the fact that he's also got these scars now from his other forays in wrestling, and he's learned from his mistakes or 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 you know. Um, all his experiences, be them unpleasant or not. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're combining now, plus the team that he's assembled around him, like Dave Lagana, who, who mm-hmm. you know, works incredibly hard. And then myself and, uh, and uh, you know, Maureen, who's our director of operations. And there are a number of other folks, you know, who are very, very key, you know, we're a small team, but are very key to sort of, you know, shaping the, the, this, whole, this whole team, this whole culture, this whole brand. He's he's like he's so all in with this, you know, mm-hmm. that it's like and, and the good thing is, is that I think unlike any other time he's been involved, he has he has the, a team of people who he can trust. So if he has to step away for a few days to focus on his family or focus on the music industry, he knows that he can give he can have his directives, he can have his final say and it will be delivered. It will be, you know, it will get done. Uh, he mm-hmm. his. He's a he's a student of the game. He's you know he's a historian. Like and the best thing about working for Billy, unequivocally, is that he is able to to put his hands up and go, all right, that was my idea. That one didn't work. Like you know how like tell me how to how how we can make it better next time. Or let's you know yeah. let's go back to the drawing board. Or what you know he's he's the first boss I've ever had who's who really who who. When he actually says it, he means it. He says, "What do you think?" <laughs> you know, yeah. like he, he really wants to it. hear it. <laughs> right. right, exactly. Well, fantastic, man! And, uh, and folks, really, you got to tune in, and check it out uh, every week. Uh, premieres on on YouTube, and really, you guys, the foundation you got there, the people you have, and it's a relatively small roster comparative uh, compared to you know some of our other organizations out there. But it, it's. Uh, I see this thing just growing and growing, but I think that you've really started something that people are really catching on to. Yeah, thank you very much. I've never felt this level of of momentum and buzz for anything I've been involved with. And that, you know, and that says that's saying something considering, you know, that I've been in the ring with Sting and Kurt Angle and other, you know, some legends of our business, Hall of Famers. But, you know, that. This is this is definitely, as far as I'm concerned, for for me as a talent, this is the this is the most buzz and 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 uh, momentum I've ever felt. Uh, well, uh, I, I hope to have you on uh, every now and then just to see where we are. And, and I want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much. All right, I'll tell you. Uh, I just I love talking to Nick. Anytime we have uh, become uh, good friends, and uh, you know, he to me is the epitome of what makes a great champion. Uh, I mean, all the ingredients, uh, doing it his way, uh, very unique. But uh, he also has taken a lot from you know all over the place of people that have influenced him. And uh, really, I think that uh, he is just scratching the surface, man. This guy is going to be. Uh, absolutely uh, great. Anytime I get the opportunity to step up with a microphone next to him, I'm all in because uh, he is just fantastic. Uh, I've, I've said before, man, it, uh, you know, uh, Gene Okerlund was, uh, was Hulk Hogan's stick man. I, I'll be Nick Aldis' uh, stick man anytime. I, I just have a blast with him. He's a great, a great champion and he respects the business so much. 
and really, he, he's just getting started. He has not reached his peak. And uh, we've got, you know, the, this great uh, situation coming up right now. I mean, it's just getting hotter and hotter in the NWA. And uh, this whole uh, collision course that these two are on, Marty Skrull and Nick Aldis, all leading up to the uh, 2020 Crockett Cup that is happening. Uh, it is just, uh, it's tremendous. I just, uh, you know, that we talked about uh, that brawl and, uh, you know, being right there and just what they did there was tremendous. And then, you know, the crowd was just shocked and they really, they escalated that thing and it was, uh, it was great. And so I, I can't wait to see how this is all going to play out as uh, Nick Aldis puts his championship on the line once again uh, with uh, Marty Skrull. And there is a big price tag on the other end of this. If Marty Skrull doesn't pull it off, it could cost him a lot of money. We were talking what about, a, uh, you know, uh, a lot, uh, almost a, a million dollars, a half a million dollars. So he's putting it on the line there. So it's going to be fun to keep watching this uh, develop and uh, what's happening in the NWA. Uh, it's going to be, that match at the Crockett Cup, I think is going to be epic. Uh, once again, uh, before we wrap up here today, I want to thank our new sponsor, Audible. If you love to read, but always don't have time to turn the pages, folks, Audible is the answer. Uh, check them out. Just go to audible.com slash primetime. That's audible.com slash primetime. Don't miss your opportunity to check out Audible. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You know how easy that is. What do you need to do? It's just at Primetime Mooney, at Primetime Mooney uh, on uh, Instagram or Twitter. And uh, like I said before, a lot happening on uh, YouTube with our YouTube channel. That's Primetime Mooney as well. And you can email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com. See how easy it is? It's just Primetime Mooney everywhere, at Primetime Mooney. Uh, primetime Mooney at gmail.com or go to YouTube and uh, search Primetime Mooney. It all comes up. It's all right there for you. So um, a lot happening with PTSM with all of our episodes coming your way. Monday, you've got the watch-alongs uh, from uh, the network classics that we have, original episodes on Wednesday, unless it's early, unless uh, NWA roster member, we put those up early. And then, of course, uh, the vault episodes on Saturdays. So I want to thank you all for tuning in this time. Till next time, I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. Mm -hmm.